episode of the three wise guys podcast it's your boy aria i'm here with i'm here with luke and i'm here with ola and why what, wait, 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 what is happening <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna let this 40 second track play in its entirety are you yes sir <laughs> no Oh my god! Okay, okay, okay. Stop that! Stop that! My bad! My bad! My bad! Dude, I, I don't was... know what just happened there. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. But welcome everybody. <laughs> welcome. How you boys doing? Oh my god, dude! I I gotta like close my Slack because it's like lagging like this pod a little bit. Oh, is it actually? Can oh. you hear us? Can yeah, you like you guys us, are right? glitching out a little bit. Give me one second. Okay, oh, I say maybe we we yeah we address this now so you know we don't go any further and then maybe we could restart this. Okay, okay, let's just, let's keep going. It looks good now. Like I closed like All four right. or five apps and it, it seems to be good. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say guy. I thought you were, I thought you were trying like uh you know like those like stutter like, like mixing effects because Ola was on where it's like dun, but it doesn't go into the beat right away and then it goes like dun. And it goes like, Dun. I thought you were trying to do that with like each of our names and the laugh track, but like apparently it was like not intended. So I have no idea what was happening. It was, well, you know what? It made for an entertaining intro. So thank you for indulging me on that. How you doing, Ola? Hey guys, salut. Salut from Montreal. Um, uh-huh. I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? The Montreal guy. Why you sound so timid today? <laughs> so I definitely tell you some 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 French. You told you your French wasn't that great. That's that's what that's why you're feeling away today, aren't you? Yeah, honestly, man. <laughs> so sometimes you just gotta you just gotta take it. You gotta take it as it is. Constructive criticism. But yeah, I'm right. doing honestly. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, life's on the up and up. Yeah, just chilling, filling in for D today because he couldn't be here. Uh, shout yeah. out to my boy D. Um, I'll never actually him. replace yeah. him, but. Just, for, just for today, I guess. Just <laughs> for, for today. The uh, an interesting irrelevant. day today. Wait, I, I think there is like a d- decent amount of lag. You maybe no, like, no, no. I think I we, just, re- we just started talking at the same time. We just started. Oh, we did. Okay, okay, time. okay. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Um, but D actually had an interesting uh day today. He was supposed to be on a flight. I forget what time they left, but he missed the flight pretty much. Um, and then he had to like fly to Vancouver and he texted us out of Vancouver and you know, everything was sorted out by then. But, uh, you know, I think he's safely landing at SF. Um, he, he he didn't give us a confirmation. Are we bad friends for not asking for a confirmation? Should we have should we have said, hey, let us know when you land safely, D. We care about your safety. Oh, when uh, he I eventually makes it to San Francisco? Yeah. It took a little bit too long to click in because I was yeah, like, like yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, what, what, what kind of message? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> okay, but bro, this is this is the worst connector. But this is exactly why men are dogs, bro. <laughs> this is the worst connection, Wait, but it, it really is because, bro, why? like take in how like I love D to death. Like this guy is like man. Like you know what I mean? Like I do genuinely care about this guy's safety. But then it's like I meet abroad, I don't even know, and I'll make sure to ask her to text me when she's home <laughs> safe, and I'll actually respond to that text. <laughs> but it's like D safety, like nah, no, no need to confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, but no, you're right. We we are dicks. We should we should definitely uh, we should definitely text him to see if he landed safe. All right. Well, let the record show. We we expressed our concern. What more can we do? <laughs> um but yeah i've had a pretty decent uh day or week i don't know it's the beginning of the week i meant more so like last week it was it was today was just crazy chaotic at work we're we're changing some internal systems and i don't know i feel like when when these kind of changes happen and no one's really ready yet to to get on board everyone's just kind of in panic mode you know, like there's things missing from the new system that we're like, oh, fuck, where does it go? What's what process do we need to do this is that and it's just like a whole like few days you need to kind of like catch up on everything. So that's been uh, that's been what today was honestly not that productive. But I mean, it's not like I can control that. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my day. I don't know. I'm feeling kind of on edge. I wish I was more productive, but it is it is just what it is. Right. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, one of the most unproductive things is shitting on yourself for not being productive. So (laughs) right on with that, man. Right on with that. Um, I've had a pretty boring week, man, to be honest. I'm just I'm looking forward to going to a concert with the boys this Friday. Mm, Past few weeks have been, you know, pretty tame, just like doing my work, shooting my reels. Yeah, just trying to man. um, I guess the, the main thing is like the markets are being hit like heavily and like I heard. it is it does not feel good but i mean you know these things happen with the market so yeah uh pretty i, I mean to be honest that's how boring my week's been like I, i've resorted to talking about Whoa. how the market's been hit we get on the Not call any, luke uh, just starts talking about fucking stocks which and is, shit. Which is, what's uh what's the weakest performer right now luke bro it's uh well you know the omicron is not doing well for my air canada and mm-hmm. uh Apparently, like, uh, Salesforce, like, leadership leaked, like, some sort of, like, not good message, like, that they weren't very confident in one of their, like, product launches or something. So that tanked the Salesforce stock. But, like, you know, overall doing well, it's just, you know, like, man to invest are all kind of greedy. So it's like, you know, like, you always <laughs> you always want more than what you have, right? And it's like, especially when you see what the peak is compared to now, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, but I think one big uh, factor right now is like it's it's holiday season, so a lot of people mm. are kind of just selling. Um, we've seen a lot of more like retail investors. A lot of people are selling around now just so they can like buy people they care about, Ooh. like Christmas gifts and stuff. Uh, I'm not like a financial advisor by any means necessary, putting that out there. But no. um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's always like you can always look at it two ways too, right? Like as prices go lower, like they're probably going to shoot up again as things start opening up. But yeah, Omnicron or Omiricon or Omerion, <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce this name, but like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's not looking too good. Omerion, this is a fucking icebox virus. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god yeah. oh man but um yo you know what bro Actually, this okay. uh this fucking stock split is putting an ice box in my wallet not in my heart bro that's just staying locked up go. bro fucking hell but you know okay so ola you talk about not being a professional you know what i mean i'm just we're just gonna jump right into it this is this is this is kind of a topic you had in mind so you kind of want to tell the people <laughs> Just, just jump right into it. You know what I mean? I really liked it when wow, you said that. That, that, was, about... that was offensive, bro. This guy said I'm not professional. Of course I'm a professional. No, 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 no. You said you're not. You said you're not yeah. a prof- you're not a professional stockbroker. Oh yeah! yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, get no, twisted, baby. A, I, I love you. You, like, are uh, you are a professional. You are a professional. I was like, whoa! <laughs> whoa! You are well, a professional. You know what? We I, love you. I don't like. Uh, uh, I, I, there's nothing I don't like about you. Like, <laughs> to be fair, I did, I did also take. I, I also did think that was a shock because I was like, "Huh? Oh no, 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 no!" no. <laughs> I was oh. like, "Yo, he's about to step it on my side this week. Let's go." <laughs> I was about to get flamed. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. But yeah, um, clear up the air. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, so let's let, let me give this this topic some context uh, after Arya's mild <laughs> transition there. Um, so basically, um, I was going to just talk about, like, what do you guys think it means to be a professional in something? Like, I think Luke in an earlier episode talked about um, specializing in certain things and how to be, like, a professional, like, sushi chef. You need to, like, work, like, years. And at first you start washing dishes and before they even let you in the kitchen. And then, before, before like, you have to do a lot of things, like, learning how to just cut vegetables before you can even learn how to roll. So I was just going to ask you guys, like, what do you guys think it takes to be a professional in anything, whether it be in like cooking or sports or in art or entertainment? Like, what do you guys think it means by definition to be a professional at something? I, uh, okay. I think that in order to be a professional, I, there's like a couple ways to look at it. One is like the pure, like, Maybe a few different ways to look at it. One's the pure skill side, you know, where it's like, okay, you've mastered your craft, right? You've you've put in the time, you know what you're doing, and you are a consummate professional because you understand the technique and you can execute it perfectly. Okay. You're a master. You could also look at it by like a you know, standard definition side of things, right? Like what's what's a professional? Someone getting paid to do something. You know, anyone else can do that something. They don't get paid for it. They're not a professional, right? So it's like there's there's one way to take it. And then there's another way where it's like how you act. And I think this one's completely cosmetic. Mm. This one doesn't get a lot of attention. I think this is just, you know, there's there's certain um, stigmas or social expectations or, or whatever it is or just a way that you're supposed to be when you're a professional in any category whatever it is and each one are to their individual right like if you're a professional uh, like business person let's just say in any of the 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 fields right you're expected to dress sharp you're expected to look clean you know on your face visually all the time you're expected to you know maintain a certain decorum when you're speaking to people whatever it is right there's there's a way there's like unwritten rules in in how that works and the reason why i think it's cosmetic is because this is just to kind of give off the appearance of being a professional right you could lack completely in all the other skills but you look like a professional if you did these steps that were told to you so 
I don't know. I kind of broke it down into the three ways that that I see it being done. I think the one that has the most val- validity on its own is the is the 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 definition by like skill. But I think that the only way to get the best value out of professionalism or being a professional is to have an equal part of all three. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, those are those are some really really good points, Arya. I think one of the things you mentioned in the the skill level that actually had me interested was like the term mastery, right? Yeah. Like you you said you you consider a professional someone who's mastered something, but like to master something, does that mean you have no room left to learn? Or like I was just gonna ask if you could elaborate on that. I I mean yeah, like we can get into what a master is too. Like I'm down to hear what you guys think is a master, but. I feel like a master can still learn, you know, a master can still learn about themselves and maybe even further about the craft. You know, it's just a master yeah. just means that they they're an expert. They they know what they're doing and they're capable of teaching someone else. I think that's that's what being a master is. So it's like in teaching other people, don't you also learn as well a lot? Yeah. Can you? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Luke. Can you clarify that a little bit? Because I mean, when you use the term like become a master, I think that gives it like a certain level of exclusivity, exclusivity. You know what I mean? So it's like, does that mean like only, but does that mean very few people are professionals? Because I don't know if necessarily like society would agree with the idea that there are Mm -hmm. very few professionals in the world, right? That is true. And like, that's why it's like, I broke it down into three different definitions. Because it's like you you can technically be a professional under any one of these definitions, right? So it's like maybe in in like the case, like I think mastery is a part of being a professional. I don't think it's the be all end all. I don't think you need uh. to be a master in order to be a professional. Let me just say that. But I do think that it's a part of it. You know, you see a lot of professionals who are masters in their craft. Um, but you're right. Like mastery is something like you have to go up there. Maybe I said that tongue in cheek. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. more so a part of it. Yeah. No, I I, agree with I, that. I think I maybe heard you wrong the first time you we were talking because I do agree with the term mastery. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. I agree with the term master, right? Because um, for me, like what I was thinking uh, before you started was your second point. Like for me, what it what it means to be a professional is you can get paid for the thing that you do, meaning that the specific service you provide. So uh, let me take a step back. Like for me, what a professional means is you have a skill that's valuable, right? But how do we like uh, associate value there? It can be abstract, you know, it can be like how, how you make other people feel and et cetera. But ultimately, like, I think the easiest way to me- measure value is how much is other people willing to pay for it? So to me, a professional is you can get paid for the thing that you do. And how is that determined? I think it's determined by your peers and the specific um, market you're in. So like, I can't determine if a chef is a professional in my mind, but I would say um, another sushi chef is probably a pretty good judge of whether or not a sushi chef is a professional or like an amateur, for example. Um, And then I would say on top of that, um, because, you know, there's always like these like people who kind of disturb the market. So it's not just about the people who are in the or who are already, quote unquote, um, professionals in the industry. It's also about like the customer, because sometimes the customer will just like not like the previous method more than the new method. And that becomes like the new level of professionalism, right? Um, but I did like that idea of like acting like a professional because I don't think like we think about that, right? And it's like, I I find that to be very interesting. And I want to like even dig into that a little bit deeper because um, 
but I, I want to like get let Ola like kind of like give us to share thoughts about this before I kind of dive deeper on that like acting professional topic because I want to bring up something yeah. a little bit different with that. Yeah, no, um, no, thank, thank you, Luke. Um, I, I think for me, the definition is like, I don't, I don't know if it's the textbook definition, but something I saw in a video was a professional is someone who gets paid for the work that they do. I wouldn't mm. even say to a degree of like, the amount is significant. If you made money off of that thing that you've done, it's like you are a professional at that given task or uh, skill set. Um, and the real reason why I wanted to get into this was just, um, I think I was talking to someone on my Instagram recently and I sent them like a sample of like some music that I haven't even put out yet. And they said like, oh, I really, really like the vibe. It just, it could sound a bit more professional. And then, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, wait, what? This doesn't sound professional. Like, you don't think I'm a professional at this? And then like, I got into this whole like mindset of like, oh, like, what does it take for me to get, be a professional, you know? like songwriter, lyricist, and producer. And then it's all about like making money. And have I made money? Yes. Like my distro kid shows like I'm making money off the streams of the songs I've put out, whether I produce them or like I worked with other artists. But at the end of the day, it's like, could I make more money? You know, could I shift the, the perspective? I guess that would kind of make me more of a master than a professional because by definition, mm. have I made money? Yes. Um, but have I like made a ton of money? I guess that, that's that's all relative, right? Um, but I guess like a professional, we could also say is like someone who has, who is closer to being a master than they are to being a novice. Does that make sense? Ooh. So it's like someone like who's like a novice has no ground-based knowledge in that particular mm. skill level. Whereas someone who's professional is like, much closer i'm not saying they're a master or anything but they're a yeah. lot closer to mastering that skill than someone who's like in a, a completely different uh, train of thought um but uh yeah. before luke branches into the the professional uh, communication and the professional like attitude i guess um one thing i want to mention is like when we were in school so a course that me and d had to take uh was called a professional practice for engineers and like, he was like my partner in the class. Like we did the final presentation and stuff. It was basically like a whole course on just like, like being like an ethical engineer, like carrying yourself a certain way. And it's like, it first like starts off with like, yo, don't make bridges that are going to like collapse. Like don't make stuff that's going to be like dangerous to people. And like, good start. even though like we're in the, the software world now, like, and I work mainly in software. Um, one of the big things right now that's happening a lot is just like, uh, cyber attacks and like different like people's information getting exposed and like I think me and D did a presentation on just like cybersecurity and how important that's going to be in the next 20 years and like how like no matter what you're working on you have to consider like oh even though I'm using some cloud service that's really cheap it's like if they have a vulnerability does that mean all of my users might lose trust in me because of something that happened to someone else it's like they're all factors you have to take into um, but yeah. yeah that's a a lot of my just on a professional no that that man. makes sense too right is like that's that's what i meant by you know it, like acting like a professional you know like there's just codes and things like that that you have to follow for each different profession and i don't know maybe like sure you want to be a trailblazer i think like there's there's people in this world who are going to push those boundaries you know and try and change things 
You know, like, who are we to say that's how things should be going forward? I think we're already doing that to a certain extent, our generation, right? Like, I don't know. For example, like, I, I'm in sales, okay? You think about what, like, 30, 40, 50 years ago, anyone in sales, like, they would never walk into their office wearing anything less than a suit. You know, like I pull up in jeans and like sometimes, you know, just like baggy pants and a hoodie. You know what I mean? Like it's it's things like this. I think we've changed what it means to be a professional in certain ways or, you know, maybe that acting part. I think this generation is more keen on phasing that out. But obviously it's it's still in there. And I think parts of it is important, too. It just might be other parts that could be potentially outdated. But. I think yeah. that's that that's pretty th- exemplary of that. I think one thing I want to add, Ari, is like even though like our generation doesn't really care so much how you look, like or how you act in a to an extent, I would say like the way you portray yourself online matters much more now than it has ever did before. Like yes, like even though me and you can go to our workplaces in like hoodies and jeans or like sweatpants and stuff, it's like. If we have like a tweet from like four years ago, that's like some messed up stuff. And I'm not saying I have anything like that, but yeah, and you can even you can check out my Twitter too. Go check me out. I already deleted them. I already but, deleted um, the jokes on you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's like it matters so much more now than like oh whether you have like tattoos, or yeah, like piercings and all of that stuff. But yeah, yeah. I guess professionalism I, has shifted to more of a a meta. A meta thing. Meta. It's the metaverse. <laughs> For those of you who can't hear Ola, he's laughing. He just muted himself. <laughs> he's yeah, he's laughing no. back there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. man no, but, but uh, yeah, sorry, Luke. Man, like, the, the only other thing that, you know, I want to, like, really <clears throat> put forward here is, like, um, we don't necessarily have to get into the professionalism topic because I feel like Man, like what Ola said was really interesting in terms of like, because keep in mind, like this is like, he's talking about beat making, right? And like, if we mm-hmm. take like that industry and expand a little bit bigger, like let's just talk about music as a whole. Not, like, ju- not just beat making, producing. producing. I, I am a producer. Sorry. A, yeah, no. <laughs> there is a difference and I do make beats. Don't get me wrong. Shout yeah. out to all my beat makers out here. But just, like, this is why you're a professional. Because I, exactly. Exactly. You could probably break down every single like little thing that, you know, is the difference between them, the responsibilities, how beat making like fits into produ- production as a whole. Whereas, you know, like production is a little bit like larger as a topic instead of like beat making is more granular. Um, but ultimately, like, you know what I mean? Like this is a arts, you know what I mean? And it's like, for example, like, let's say like um, we take like manual labor, for example, right? Like it's like, there's a yes and no. It's like, let's say like, I need to move six bricks from here to there. If you can do it, okay, you're a pro. I can hire you, right? And if you can do it within a certain amount of time, you're a pro. You know what I mean? There's like for sure a yes or no. Like if you're an engineer, right? Or or I guess like engineer is now starting to get into more of like the arts and the sciences, but you know, still more hard sciences, right? There's like a way to create the structure that's stable and there's a way to do it that's not. And if you can do it in a way that's stable, you're a professional. But it's like, what like it's very difficult to apply this pro status to the arts right because it's like for example like let's take cooking right um asian people routinely cook rice in a rice cooker yes if you're like a super like three michelin star sushi restaurant you might use like a 
like a clay oven rice cooker. But it's like literally, if you go to high end rice restaurant, like restaurants in Shanghai, a lot of those restaurants use like industrial size rice cookers. But if you were like, for example, a Greek chef or like uh, like a Middle Eastern chef, that would be considered a noob move, probably. You know what I mean? Like the idea of making rice in a rice cooker. It's like, what are you doing? Like, are you an amateur? But it's like, you know what I mean? They're both like the highest levels of their respective fields. It's just that their fields are cooking. And now the, the, the cuisine that they're cooking is completely different. You know what I mean? So it's like, I find like, and the other thing with that is like gatekeeping is way more rampant in these fields. I don't know about you guys, but it's like with cooking, with like, like music, music, like with like dance and like any of these like arts, it's always, it's always like when people are trying, it's like, you're doing it wrong, but it's like to whose palate or like to whose ear, to whose music preference. Like, so I find that so strange that like in these like hard professional fields, there seems to be less gatekeeping. And maybe that's just because the standards are the gatekeeping, but like, like, especially as me, someone who's in the food world, like, bro, like people get like attempted canceled every single day because they apparently made like someone's grandma's recipe wrong and it's like okay (laughs) but who said i was making your grandma's recipe right like i'm just making dumplings like like you know what i mean like i'm so i'm sure i didn't make your grandma's recipe right but it's like this isn't your grandma's recipe bro um so i don't know like i i when you when you were talking about like this beat maker saying that to you i feel like it was like obviously the context there wasn't as tense but like i feel like some people actually aggressively gatekeep and like it's really prevalent in the arts. Yeah. Yeah. It's prevalent in the arts. It's pre- and it, like, I was, I think another example that's like not even like producing or beat making like related, but also in like another art form I really enjoy is like filmmaking is like someone like hype Williams, like when he made belly, like people thought like, who is this? Like, music music video director think he is like trying to make like a a full-length film and then all of a sudden like it got the worst reviews like at the time so like it kind of discouraged him from making movies further right but like now looking back like everyone's trying to copy the aesthetics from that film like even in music videos people are trying to do that aesthetic again and even like you you see like you can even see it in some of the things that netflix is putting out now but it's like Imagine being that creative who's like, okay, you're trying to push the envelope in something. You're a professional because like, like someone is paying you to do a full length film. It's not like cheap to do something like this. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, all the gatekeepers of the community are like, oh, it doesn't have like a really complicated ending or it doesn't, it's not like how a black movie's supposed to be or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm not even trying to say it like from my opinion, I think I heard Tyler, the creator discusses like frustration with like how this film was received at the time but yeah like i think gatekeepers are like a completely it's like it's like narcissism like (laughs) covering like insecurity in a sense where it's like you see someone doing something a certain way and then you just have to call it out but then there's also the gatekeeping in the sense where it's like oh people feel like something's appropriation so i don't know if i want to get too much into like that conversation where it's like oh I saw a video of like Martha Stewart eating noodles with someone like Drew Barrymore and like (laughs) they use scissors to cut the noodle instead of like slurping the whole noodle. And then people were like, oh, like, but in our culture, it's like, it's okay to just like slip the, like, it's a good thing. I'm thinking in my head like, damn, like, I don't know how to feel about this because it's like, I get like for Martha, she doesn't want to just be slurping in public, 
But then for other people, it's like, oh, like yeah. that's what we grew up with. So like, what do you what do you guys think of that? I think that's I'm not gonna tough, like man. go too far into the gatekeeper conversation because I think like oh boy, like we could be here all night doing that one. Um, but I think gatekeeping can be a variety of different things that come from. I think the biggest thing though is just people want to feel like they belong and i think the people who have been deprived of that feeling the most in their earlier years they're going to grow up and take to certain communities and do certain things you know that could be you know cooking that could be you know anime that could be you know basketball that could be anything right like we all have these interests you know but a lot of us can detach pretty easily. But a lot of people who are deprived of that sense of belonging can't detach that quickly. And then they, de- I think they develop a really, really strong bond with it and then become very protective of that bond mm. too. And I think that's like a big reason why um, gatekeeping happens. And Ola, I think that's actually to your point because that's honestly like, if you really want to peel back the layers, I think that's insecurity, you know? And then it's just, it just kind of like, boils out to that but i one thing i wanted to like luke touched on something i can't really remember what it was the 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 last thing that he said wait i I do want i want to i want to touch upon what you're talking about right now too right because i i like what you're saying but i would even go more extreme with it to me like when people are gatekeeping there's such a thin line between the extreme hate and also just like I wouldn't necessarily use the word like extreme, like sadness, but like the opposite emotion is often attached. The, the reason why I mean that is right. The reason why like people want to feel gatekeep, want to gatekeep is because they feel like this is something that's special to them, but not only is special to them, it's something that they have pride in and they want to get gatekeep it now because they're, they feel like there's this underlying notion and this idea that like, Oh, I like was proud of this all this time and I never received any sort of reward for this. But now that people are receiving rewards for this, you're jumping in on it, right? But here's the fact of the matter. I truly believe people who actually experience that don't gatekeep. That's what I believe. So that's why I always feel like people who gatekeep, it almost always comes from an area of uh, in like, like, what's it called? Like, like I'm not enough. Like the best exact, the only thing I can speak about is food, right? Because that's something that I truly feel like I'm involved in. And like, you know, like I was actually genuinely one of those kids that like other people made fun of my lunch. Like I went to a, like a city in grade four that I kid you not, there were two Asian people in the entire elementary school district, the entire Catholic elementary school district. It was me and my sister. Like I've had people Look at my water boiled dumplings and call them maggots. I've had people describe while I'm eating these dumplings that they think I like they were surprised that a worm wasn't going to come out of that shit or something. And like when I bring like fried rice to school, they're like, what is that smell? It smells so weird. And all these kids like fucking looking at me when I'm eating shit with chopsticks. Right. But, you know, me experiencing that, you know, I felt a lot of shame at the time. I was like, yo, like I need to like start bringing sandwiches to school. Like, my parents need to start buying like bologna and shit what is this like deli counter they're talking about like you know what i mean at that time i felt that but it's like as someone who grew up and now i see like if i were to see someone in that class make fun of me make the recipes i make and go viral for it would i feel a little bit salty initially for sure like i i definitely would i'd be like yo you're a piece of shit like you made fun of me for this you made me feel bad as like a person for bringing this to school 
but then you're making it now and gaining the benefit. But then I realized like what ultimately it is that I desire for me making these food videos is for more people to taste the things I taste. You know what I mean? And it's like, if this person is doing their thing and it's getting out there, like, why would I ultimately be mad? Right. It's not like I invented dumplings. You know what I mean? Like these people who gatekeep, they're like, you're not making dumplings the way I made them. But it's like, did you invent it? No, you didn't. Like you didn't even invent this thing. So it's like, what gives you the right to gatekeep your family's recipe when no one's even trying to attempt to make your family's recipe? To me, ultimately, you know, food is a, a thing that connects people. It's a thing that comes from love. So gatekeeping it is ultimately moving it away from what its purpose is. And I feel like a lot of people who can relate to other art mediums would probably have a similar opinion as me. So I don't know, like to me, ultimately, I think gatekeeping is a net negative. I don't think it ever comes really from a good place because I think personally, people who like can relate to that clause, even though they're hurt, I think ultimately they see the positive movement of what other people trying out these things are. Um, again, going back to what Ola said, it's not the same as cultural appropriation, but um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah. I think a lot of people will conflate the two, cultural appropriation and, and gatekeeping, but I I was going to say, like, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. The people who feel immense pride are not the ones gatekeeping. I just don't think that's the reaction that naturally comes from pride. I've Okay, I've said this to myself before. I, I guess I'm putting it out there right now, but I don't think that humans natural state is anger you know nor do i think Ooh. it's happiness i don't think it's happiness either i don't mm. think it's confusion i don't think it's um it's sadness i actually think it's fear fear drives everything right like oh where am i gonna get my next meal you know your base instinct things like that so when fear comes into play the number one thing that i think contributes to gatekeeping is actually just familiarity right you're, you've been so familiar with something for so long that a change in it could potentially not everyone's like this. Right. So that's why not everyone gatekeeps. But a lot of people who do, honestly, I, I feel like if you ask them, there's a good chance that, you know, they're they're just like it's, it's a familiarity thing. Right. Like this is something that they're they're hanging on to. This is this is what I was trying to say earlier as well. So I think that fear drives that aspect there. And I also just remembered what. Luke was talking about because you mentioned it, um, you know, just talking about like other art mediums and things like that. I don't know if this is also confirmed with your conversation earlier, but um, the conversation was about, you know, professionalism and how that's kind of gotten such a like a two tone definition, you know, in, in, in the art world. It's kind of like, oh, you, you're getting paid. You're a professional. You're not getting paid. You're not a professional. And that causes a lot of divide. It's caused a lot of uh, pretentiousness, you know, as, as Ola was saying, you know, things that we notice. But I think that's ultimately because professionalism at its history, like in it, when it started, it, it was never meant to define it in any way of, of getting paid or not. Professionalism was a certain type of service, right? Like you offered professional services, you know, whether that be banking or you know uh bookkeeping or you know anything that had to do with admin work i guess is like old definition and then you know obviously as more options became available to people you know 
they, they kind of expanded this, you know, like, for example, engineering is a professional service, things like that, you know, so it's like, that's what mainly people used to study. And then when they realized they could study more than that, you know, there was a different way. Now we need to define these guys as professionals, too. And I think ultimately, that's why there's such a divide in the art community or in the humanities community about professionalism is because you know originally this is the one thing that you have for your qualification for your credentials like i did this anyone else can do this but i do it and i get paid so i'm a professional i think there's again even that one has to do with fear and familiarity right it's like this title that i've worked so hard to get i fear that it's going to be losing value if anyone can be a professional and then therefore the pretentiousness kicks in, the gatekeeping kicks in to protect what they know of their professional um, services or, um, or, or their art more. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that like 10,000% our year. Like at the start, we had one thing that was like deemed like professional. And I, I kind of tend to associate it with traditional. Like mm, I like how yeah. D says like, uh, you know, instead of be, being like a master of one, be a master of many. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like, I think one thing I've noticed, especially in the music community, is, like, in the terms of, like, mastering, like, what does it mean to, like, master your music? And then there'd be, like, a mixing your engineer or a mastering engineer. And those are two completely different people because the same person mastering it can't be the same person mixing it. And then now there's software that's coming out that's saying, like, oh, we can actually just master your music using AI to get it sounding like everything else that's out there because there's such a large data set. And then now those mastering engineers would be like, yeah, that's not professional because it's like, it's not factoring in like our years of experience and our like mastered years and stuff like that. And like at the end of the day, right, it's like that gatekeeping comes from like the fear that they're thinking, oh man, like I could lose something I've got so comfortable in like, I don't want to say finessing people off of, but you know, getting my like getting my own like source of income but i guess you know that and you just have to be more creative too right like why not offer like both options like you know an ai with like a human like qa assistant or something like that but yeah yeah Yeah, i mean ultimately man like for me it's 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 mostly just like you know anything in the creative art medium i i i believe this to a t Art and creativity is meant to be debated, not like put in a box. There's there's no definitive yes and no's. There's no like there's no like someone's right or wrong. Um, it's meant to be debated in the sense that there's arguments for both sides, and it's it's ultimately made for you know progressing the art medium, right? The reason why two people would argue about how to use pencils or two people would argue about how to use eight oh eight is because Ultimately, they want the medium of music or food to advance as a whole, right? What we don't want to do is, you know, say one is wrong and it should be canceled out and never explored again, because that just closes off all opportunities for it to be good. But man, like, love that, man. And, you know, it got me thinking about some other shit, too, because I feel like, you know, sometimes when people fight like let's say like you're you're on the instagram dms like i'm talking to another call food content creator and all of a sudden like i feel like the vibe is not wrong i'm thinking it could be a big thing but sometimes it could be like a small thing you know it could be like for example when i said like hey in my first message i maybe like spelt their handle wrong or something like that (laughs) right which which makes me think you know like i always feel like there's like subtleties to communication you know small things like 
remembering someone's birthday, remembering someone's name, remembering someone's plans that they told you about for the weekend and shit like that. And this is something that I use um, in my profession. And I feel like it's something that's a little bit underrated. So I want to just ask this question broadly. Like, is there like, do you feel like subtleties in communications are important? For example, you know, these small things like names, events, dates, um, things like that. Or do you think they're not important? What are your general thoughts about these like specific things? Yes, they are. Okay. Incredibly important. I think that honestly, they could be even the most important if you ask me. I think it's just really important. These are the little things that make people know that you're paying attention to them and paying attention to their life. You know, it's like the little things. These are things that most people don't notice. This is this is natural selection. <laughs> this is this is how you just weed out, you know, the people in your life. You know, like if someone misses your birthday four years, you know, they're probably not going to get a chance to miss it the fifth. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's something like that, you know? It's like it, it really helps you understand, you know, where people are coming from. And I'm not, not to say that you absolutely need to remember, you know, birthdays and anniversaries and things like that to, to maintain good communication because there's some mediums, I think, or some people you speak to where you don't need to know those things, right? It's like, if I'm trying to, you know, close a sale. I don't really give a fuck when your anniversary is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really need to know that. But I probably, it probably would be useful to know that you mentioned to me in the first meeting that, you know, you're only three and a half weeks into your new role. Things like that, mm. you know, things that most people would kind of forget. So I'm I'm not pulling it. Yeah, maybe it's like a different example I gave you there. But these are this is why I think it's, it's honestly such an important thing to remember the small things, the things that other people can forget, because this is how you make people, like I said, not only understand that you you're paying attention to them, but also it makes them give you a second look. You know, they they feel closer to you because you remember something. It's the same concept as when, you know, you gotta. You ever heard it is good to say somebody's name over and over again when you want them to actually listen to you, you know, repeat their name, you know, like, like, you know, how's your day, Luke? You know, like, how, like, how's everything going? Luke, can you remind me again, you know, what, uh, what you did like a couple of days ago, what you had for dinner, things like that, you know, it's like, you just catch their attention right away. And I think that these are little things, but they're attention grabbers. And the more you do it, the better it is for you in the long run. Before Ola starts, your name is your favorite word in the in the English language, England in the English dictionary, Absolutely. or in any language. Like I think that's that's like a popular saying Absolutely. somewhere, there, right? Yeah, think about it. Like as soon as you hear your name, you turn. Like who the fuck said my name? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, like it catches your attention right away. But yeah, you know. yeah, I think. Wow, like you guys, these these are the marketing people, of course. Like they they know how to communicate. Don't don't take any of my advice on communication, because like I'm I'm not really a communicator. Just it's funny because we got called out for a communication today. Oh, actually, you guys don't communicate. Really? No, oh, no, no, no. We, oh, we got oh, we got oh, called out. We're oh, not gonna yeah. say. We're not gonna. Yeah, we, like, we, there was I'm an not event today. Give any yeah, today. The, 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 the three of us got called out for communication. Yeah. Today. <laughs> I don't know. I think we communicate pretty well, to be honest with you. Like, what I love about you guys yeah. a lot is, like, even though, like, we'll have periods where we don't talk, 
there's ever something on someone's mind, it's like, we'll just bring it up at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I guess sometimes if there's external parties looking in, it looks like, oh, these guys are like not connected at all. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like we're at, we're at that point in life. But I think, yeah, like what Arya was saying, like remembering things like birthdays for people who matter, like in context where it's, it matters, it's like, is really important. Or just like saying someone's name over and over again also matters or spelling someone's name correctly when you're DMing them. Or like mm-hmm. if you message someone like, oh, you really like their content tent, like or their song, like try to tell them more than just the surface of I like this. Like you can probably reference a part in that song or like, oh, what you liked about this drawing or something like that. But mm-hmm. I guess like with communication, it's like it also comes like the other side, which is miscommunication, right? And that's something I want to talk about. And it's like I think a miscommunication that can happen and something I'm working on too is just like, I don't know. For people who I don't talk to regularly, but I think I have good relationships with, is just like, just sending like the the random like what's up or the random like FaceTime or call just to say like hey bro how, how are you doing, like because for me I've I've gotten those and like I've been getting them a lot more recently, um, and it just feels really good like and it doesn't even have to be like a FaceTime like sometimes it's just like a reaction to a story or something like that or just like an email even though like. My email set up in like rules, so I don't know if I get all the emails that like come to me and stuff. But yeah, when it comes to miscommunications, I think it's very easy to just like if you're not paying attention to things like oh spelling people's names correctly or uh, I don't know, just like calling someone by the wrong name oh. <laughs> that, like we talked about last. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody watch, somebody rewatch the last episode. Exactly, bro. But, like, I don't know, like, if you're, if you're like, and I, I guess that's one thing stopping me from, like, getting into, like, really shit, is, like, oh, like, is, this is where we first met, like, do you guys, like, remember, like, for, like, in relationships you've been in, like, oh, the first place you met someone, because it's, like, for girls, like, I've noticed, like, that's kind of, like, a big deal, you know what big I'm saying? Deal, like, bro. <laughs> big deal, bro, big For me, I'd be kind of like, oh, yeah, we, we met, um, met here right no 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 we met over i was like ah uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. i was gonna say that one next you know what i'm saying <laughs> man dude that that one, re- it, that one hit. it really that one counts hit. man it really yeah. counts and it's like it's not even like the day you met it's like there's the day you <laughs> met and then the day you asked for it to be like official <laughs> So you got a low key re- remember two different dates, bro. Not not only the date, not only the date, what you were doing, you know, what was Yeah, like the, the whole agenda. The whole <laughs> agenda. <laughs> Which is it's too much. It's See, too and much. bro, this is why like man, like it, it's hard being in Toronto cuz like I don't have a routine, but it's like in in in, in Ottawa, I genuinely mean this like man's had such a perfect routine. So it's like the first day would always be awesome and then whenever they were like, you know, whenever it was like, oh, a shorty that like I wanted to like commit to a little bit. It's like one or two months in, I always knew cuz it was the same first day every time. <laughs> Like it wasn't it wasn't the same first day. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It wasn't the first same first day in terms of like what we talk. Like obviously it was a different day because it was a different person, but it's like the same like activity. You know what I mean? This is this is like professional level advice right now. We get it from Luke. You know, I was was gonna say honestly, this 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 one place in Ottawa should should have started giving me a discount because they've been seeing me. (laughs) Like all of these, the fact they did it. 
sorry no what were you saying no that's just <laughs> no but yeah no I, I mean like yeah i do think that the small things really matter and like bro this is something coming as from someone who like i used to always think that you know like you know you you had experiences with people and they were positive or negative you know what i mean and it's like you just build up more positive than negatives but what i didn't realize was that a lot of positives outweigh other positives you know what i mean and it's like same thing with negatives and it's like surprisingly these small things are things that people realize the most and this is what like my rationale for it because what i've realized is like people are used to the way they interact with other people you know what i mean it's like most people throughout their lives they hang around similar people the way they communicate with others is fairly similar it gets evolved over time but it's going to be fairly consistent right so it's like um, the things that other do people do for you, although they're going to be, you know, favors and things that, you know, you're going to be appreciative of, you're used to getting that type of thing from that type of person. But these small nuanced things are things that actually, believe it or not, very, very few people do. So it's like when you really hone in on them, like other people who honestly spend way more time than you, you know, do way more for this person than you, they probably don't do these things. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why it's so important. Like people are just like surprised. They like, um, they like variety in their lives. So it's like when you remember certain things that are so insignificant, like it really catches their attention. And like, honestly, like, man, like I utilize this to a T bro, like body language things too, right? Like for example, if I'm, you know, in a situation where I want someone to feel comfortable, I will always make sure that they're sitting closer to the door and I'm not like blocking their way. Like it's such a small thing and it probably doesn't matter but sometimes it does. When I'm, you know, talking to someone and I want to get their attention, I will use their name for that sentence. And I won't overuse it because if I overuse it, I'm not going to get their attention when they use your name anymore. Um, and yeah, like I guarantee you this, whenever I'm starting a new job and someone tells me their name, the first thing I do when I get to my table is I write down every single person I'm introduced to's name. And then the thing I remembered about them, I was like, oh, I said hi to Jolene she is the wine mom of the company so it's like next time i talk to her i'll just throw in some shit there why because i have a horrible short-term memory <laughs> it's like i have to write it out <laughs> otherwise i literally forget like i forget right away like i've talked to people at parties and like i forget their names like five minutes later so it's yeah. like i need this um but yeah man like these small things i truly believe they matter um i think they make the difference and you guys should use them they definitely do make the difference um you know, I don't really have much else to add to this, but we are pretty much at time. Boys, want to wrap it up? Um, dude, Let's wrap it up with what some. Are, what, are, what are your thoughts, Ole? You got you got any comments Wait, on that? Do we? Yeah, Ole, yeah, did I you think, did you comment on it? Yeah, I think I just commented on it. I okay, think I was okay. the one who kind of transitioned into like just <laughs> how much like certain things matter to certain people and like okay. just, perfect. Yeah, um, I guess uh, for community highlights, what do I um, have? Let's yeah. uh, like, yeah. Uh, what you boys got to to read? I have something. I have an article to read. Actually, um, I was reading it off the Economist, but uh, I'll link it in the in the thing. Hopefully, um, doesn't ask you to pay for it, but whatever. Um, a lack of chargers could stall the electric vehicle revolution. Just basically, there's a little bit of a deep dive into what's the availability on electric chargers right now you know what's the pace they're being put in apparently the the supply does is not even close to meet the demand and just at the rate that you know cars need chargers it just 
it seems kind of uh, like a like a big bottleneck, not a complete roadblock, but a complete bottleneck. So it's a pretty decent read. Uh, go check it out. You know, if you want to give your comments on it, paste that below. Whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, that's what you boys got. Anything else to read? I do actually have something to read today. Um, so what I have to read today is I. So I read the article and I am intending to buy the book for this. Um, it's called Crying in H Mart. So it's essentially a memoir by uh, Michelle uh, Zoner, I want to say. And she's a singer, a guitarist um, as a part of a band in the US. And this is a cookbook slash memoir, which basically tells of her experiences immigrating. And um, it's honestly a really touching book, man. And it's one of my, you know, yeah, this is like the shit I'm nerdy about, you know, it's like a combination of like the 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 cooking medium, but also just like storytelling and um, how like these recipes and things like that really connect with her. And yeah, what inspired this was I saw her kimchi recipe on Instagram and it was really good. So I'm excited to get the cookbook. I'm I'm laughing because I saw the book that Ola put in the group in the group chat. Yo, yeah, okay, yeah. So for the book, I have to recommend. Shout out to my friend Andrew Haddad. Uh, he was the one who sent me this book. It's called Easy French, step by step. If you practice, like it's it's really good. It's like a good reading resource for like uh for like learning I love how this. to speak French. Um, I love this. Honestly, I love that. Yeah, it's so practical. Yes, yeah, super so practical. practical. Yeah. Um, honestly, check it out. It's on Amazon, and then there's also the PDF for free online. You just Google the book name and dot PDF. You'll be Whoa, able to get it. dope. That's dope. generous of them. All right, boys. What do you got to watch? Yo, I am so excited about this, guys. So you guys know me. I fucking love anime. I love anime, and like. I'm just like, I'm so like not ashamed of my love for manga and anime. And like people who really, really love anime know of this series. It's called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And it's always been the series that's been a little bit intriguing to me. You know, I didn't start watching the series at all until I would say seven months ago. I'm done like all five seasons. I'm into like the eighth season in terms of the manga. And it is not like any other manga or anime out there it's very unique the 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 author of this uh manga is insanely creative the things he thinks of is is crazy and the newest season just came out on netflix last week and on wednesday it is stone ocean unfortunately the season they totally blue balled us and only released 12 episodes out of like 40 so Maybe don't watch that. Like maybe watch the previous <laughs> seasons. I would recommend um, Diamond is Unbreakable if you're looking for a specific season to start on. Um, but yeah, man, I love this series. I feel like Tagashi is just so insanely creative. Like, man, what I mean about this is like some you watch anime and it's like people will have powers, right? But their powers are like, oh, I get insanely strong or I get insanely fast or I can use fire. But then in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, like, People have powers that are so fucking dumb, but then he makes them like work. Like, like one guy's power will be like, he can make an electric socket anywhere. And it's like, <laughs> what's like, like, you know what I mean? Like no one's going to make a person that has that power, but this person's power will become integral. And it's like another person's power will be like, oh, I can like, oh, if you like make a bet with me, the bet will be collected if you lost. So it's like, 
I could be like, yo, you gotta like, you gotta like say the word yes a thousand times. And you're like, okay, that bet, like no problem. And if you miss once, like I have to be able to collect the debt no matter what. But anyway, like all this to say, love the show. I, I know I rant a little bit, but I really, 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 really <laughs> love this series. I really hope you guys check it out. <laughs> That's good. I will definitely be checking it out. Ola, do you have any uh, TV show? Yeah, yo, uh, shout out to my, my coworker. She told me to watch this show called Occupation Double. I, I don't know if you, if I, I probably pronounced it wrong, but basically it's like this like reality TV show that's similar to like Love Island, like based in like Quebec. And it's just like, oh, a ton of people like compete for like finding like romance and stuff. And like, I think they just finished like the last season, like uh, this past season, like yesterday. Um, but it's like it's constantly airing. So yeah, that's uh, probably another thing I'm going to recommend. I'm going to probably keep recommending French media. Like I'll Do probably it. change my name to Le Raison or something <laughs> like that. Le Raison Wave. We'll see. We'll see. We gotta get you. We gotta get you. We gotta get you a producer tag. That just is Le Raison Wave. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or like, mon dieu, or something mon like that. Like, <laughs> That's jokes. Um, okay, I have, I actually have a few things to watch because I really, I actually don't have anything for, for music. So um, one thing I want to recommend that I've been watching on Netflix, it's called Spy. Um, it's, a, it's a Netflix miniseries um, or like a limited series, whatever you want to call it. But um, it actually, guess who it stars? It stars uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, like the like the. Oh the shit! Dictator. I heard yeah, yeah. I heard some reviews exactly. about this, and I've I've been told it was really good. Yeah, and so far it is really good. Like I've been watching it, and the thing is, this is not a joke. You know, he's this is a very I, serious series. Like this is very. Yeah, I tried very to watch it, and I was just so confused because yeah. I'm like, "Wait, where's where's Borat?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm so used so, to him like being funny, but yeah, there's there's a bit Borat, of a, Alaziz. I am for no Aladdin. Aladdin, Aladdin, General Aladdin. Um, I've been told I I share a resemblance with the man. That's offensive. You're a good actor. Honestly, told, I can't even lie. You don't look occasions. like him. You don't look like him at all. That's very racist. Okay, good, good. Um, <laughs> like at anyways. all. That's like, that's like saying I, Luke the, looks the, like Bobby Lee. That's that's just racist, man. You can't even grow facial hair, bro. <laughs> um, I was gonna say this. This I think there there was a little bit of controversy surrounding this series because Sasha okay. plays uh, a Zionist. And I don't think that boded too well in, in the popular media. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I like watching things for their production value as well. I think every story is worth telling. So um, it seems like a good show so far. He basically plays uh, like a Mossad spy. He's Egyptian, but he's a spy from Mossad out of Israel. So that's it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Very, very political. Um, so the other two that I want to recommend. Okay. I'm not going to recommend recommend these because I haven't actually watched them yet, but I've been watching trailers and they're on my list. So I'm giving a kind of like a preemptive recommendation because I think they're really going to be good. Um, the first one is called Voir. It's um, like, I, I think it's in English. I'm pretty sure it's in English, but Voir means like um, to watch or to see in French. Um, and basically, this is like a mini docu-series uh, about uh, different directors, filmmakers, industry professionals, and their love of the art 
and you know just kind of just stories about how they how they came to love it and and who they are and what they've done um i saw a few trailers like i said it, it, it looks really really cool so i definitely want to check that out next one ola i've seen trailers for this too and honestly i'm this one's this one's for you it's called the billion dollar code it's german okay um first of all i i've been watching some german like how to what was the how to sell drugs online fast was a german mm. show it was incredible that show is so good um so germans definitely know what they're doing uh but the billion dollar code i don't really know much of what it's about it's just like about a like you know some some like coding fiction story um and i kind of like really like that shit so this is my preemptive recommendation but Ola, this looks like it's right up your alley so yeah, I'm, yeah I'm that basically way. a brief synopsis based on the imdb i'm currently reading is in the 1990s berlin an artist and a hacker invented a new way to see the world years later they reunite to sue google for patent infringement on it <laughs> which is kind of like yeah wow shout out yeah. shout out to that's that's intense because one thing yeah. i was listening to yesterday was like you guys know who james dyson is like the guy who invented like dyson dyson and yeah, yeah 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 like he was talking about like when you have like an invention, like once you create it, you can go patent it. But I remember yeah. like me and my mom talked about like something similar for like apps, like creating an app, and then you can't patent software. Like you can't. Like there's because it's not like a physical thing. It's yeah. like based on like logic that anybody can. So that's why there's so many dating apps that do like the same thing. But yeah, no, that's exactly that's really interesting. And I actually have one more I'm gonna add to that, just because the second half of uh, part five of Money Heist got released. So I'm you going to binge in that one this holiday season for sure. Um, all right, boys, what do you got? Well, you know what? We'll we'll just kind of yeah end this one off with what you got to listen. Any any music? Any musica or podcast? Yes, sir. Sorry, I was gonna just say one additional. Um, what's it called? Uh, one additional movie recommendation, which is just um, Nightcrawler. Um, because I think it just became available on Netflix recently. Um, I personally really enjoyed this movie. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, is an excellent actor, and he really shows his chops on it. And it's kind of like an older movie now. It's like I think five years old, but it, it does really like depict the ruthlessness of the media industry, um, depending on the situation. Um, but yes, to listen, um, I have two recommendations. They're both off the same album. It's off the new Khaled album, Scenic Drive. Um, my first recommendation is All I Feel is Rain, featuring Jid. And then the second one is Scenic Drive, featuring Ari Lennox and Smino. I really, really, really like Smino's verse on this album. Like, I think, like, I like, and then, you know, like, all mans have said this so many times on the podcast before, but like, Smino to me, just has one of the most like awesome flows like and he just really shows all of it like he shows all of it on this like album he shows like on this specific song he shows his, his melody side he shows that he can go fast he shows that he can go smooth and it's just i like it i like his verse a lot so those are my two recommendations love it yeah for music you know i have there's this is too much good music uh first thing i'm gonna talk about is like this morning I went back to the Mellow Bars playlist, Luke, and the first, like, you know who was on the cover? It was Rick Ross. Rick Ross was on the cover of Mellow Bars. <laughs> I listened to this song called Little Havana, and, like, it was so good, bro. Like, so good. Rick Ross is, like, he's very talented. Um, so, yeah, go check out <laughs> Little Havana. 
Rick Ross uh, feed Willie Falcon in the dream, like one of the best songwriters ever to do it. Um, another thing I'm going to recommend is Sinister uh, feed Lil Wayne by yes. Corday. Um, another one is going to be, uh, I think it's called 10 Miss Calls by this DJ called Black Coffee, who's really, really good. Like, I think he has a song on Drake's uh, More Life project. Uh, but yeah, 10 Miss Calls has Pharrell Williams and Josie, like an artist like I'm not too familiar with. And then uh, last recommendation, shout out to the man himself, uh, Black Chain Skr. Skr, Skr. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to try to plug an institution or organization I really mess with too is uh, produced by youth. They're, yeah. uh, um, they're a nonprofit um, in Ottawa, uh, educating like young black kids how to make music uh, at a professional level using the tools around them. Um, FL Studio mainly, but they teach them all the steps in terms of making beats, recording vocals, sampling, uh, setting up your own studio and marketing yourself as an artist. Uh, they have a showcase happening in Ottawa this uh, December 12th. So anyone in the area, go check it out. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's everything for me. Love to hear it. I actually went back and I did have a few songs. One of the ones that I wanted to recommend was Sinister. It's, it's so good. Is I did not know Corday and Lil Wink could hop on a track like that, but they did. I was actually really, really happy to hear it. Um they also had uh no uh Corday did another song with Nas and Freddie Gibbs. Life is like a dice game. That was the other one that I wanted. Yes, to that Yo. song is so good. I listened so to good. Spotify session. I, I don't know yeah. what. Wow, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, um, so there was those two, and then I think the other one that I wanted. To, I just need to find it here. I'll be honest, guys. I switched over to title. Oh yeah. You have title um, now? Yeah. Okay, the last song before I get into that, the last song before I get into that is uh About You by Blast. I love Blast. He he just keeps Blast dropping is, bangs. Blast, it, Blast, Blast is, is really so good. good. I've been listening to him recently like yeah. wow. He's so good. Wow. He dropped a song called About You, man, and it's actually so rhythmic, so melodic. I love it. But yes, uh that was the last thing. I want to shout out Title cuz I just switched over to Title. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a sudden decision. Luke was there when I made the decision, uh, because they were giving away like a month for free. But I don't know. I looked it up. You know, I did some research. I didn't know this. Title has ten million more uh, titles than Spotify does, but Spotify has more niche titles. So you might be able to explore a little bit better in that case. But so far, you know, I'm just getting the hang of it. I've made a few playlists. Uh, the playlists that they have, I saved a bunch of them. And so far, I really, really like them. Now, I'm, I need to use it, I think, for like a few weeks before they start giving me like curated mixes and things like that. But um, so we'll see how that goes. But so far, I really like their their um, like artist radios and like track radios, things like that. Um, it's pretty cool. I like it, you know, and uh, they, they just recently changed their prices. So you can actually get the uh-huh. hi-fi sound for not $20 a month. So uh, that was pretty good. So, yeah. Shout out title. Uh, I made the switch. I'm still going to keep Spotify for a while uh, just because I'm on a family plan and it's not costing me that much. So I'm like, whatever. I'll just, I'll just keep that going. Uh, but then eventually I think I'm going to I think I'm just going to switch over to one completely. Or who knows? I might keep it for more of the niche stuff. You never know. Right. I think ultimately yeah. I just wanted to change. You know, I wanted to change of interface and things like that. And then like, fuck it. I'll just make the switch. But yeah, made the switch. So far, so good. So far, so good. Um, all right. Thank you, boys. I think that's it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Three Wise Guys <laughs> podcast. It's been your boy Arya. Wait, 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 wait. What? Damn, wait, sorry. I just remember. I just realized this is so <laughs> this. Like, we're going to see Manila Gray this weekend. And oh, like, didn't shout I didn't. I, I did not shout out a Manila Gray song. This is. This is. Sorry, yeah, no, I don't know no, why no, that just clicked. Just hit, no, like, uh, recent, I think it's recency bias with music, right? Like, it's whatever yep. you were just listening to today. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, man, I, I, I mean, like, honestly, I'll be one hundred percent real. I, I'm not super into their new stuff. Like, the one song I'll shout out there off their new album is Shibua. Shibuya? Shibuya. Shibuya. Shibuya, yeah. Shibuya. <laughs> the, the city and the city in uh, Japan, yeah. Um, but I do want to shout out, like for me, like they have this their first like studio album. It's No Saints Loading. I do truly, 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 really like the album. So, tons of really good songs on there. And I'm really excited to see them live. Like saw them live in Singapore. I feel like they're an artist that you can tell they really like what they do, man. And like, um, it's awesome that, you know, uh, we linked up with my boy that went to see them as well in Singapore and they actually recognized them when he went to see them in BC. So that was like, you know, just awesome that like artists still do that shit. But yeah, what a shout out Shibuya. And then my favorite song from them is Youth Water, which I think is already on the album. So um, I'll shout out a different song, which is Silver Skies. So yeah, go check those guys out. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. <laughs> this has been episode 37. <laughs> We're almost at the one-year mark. I don't know. Maybe we should do something for the one-year mark. Who knows? But uh, thank you for listening so much. Thank you very much, uh, The Risen, Ola, the one and only, the man behind it all. Thank you for coming and joining us. Um, honestly, I'm pretty sure D likes the the day off too. He might ask you to to do this regularly. You yeah, never know. The, the substitute. We'll see where it goes. It's only yeah. been a year. This is kind of cool. I think you know. Arya talked about branching into another podcast, but like yeah. this has been fun. We'll see. I know. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to to have you speak a lot more. So we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely see what's there. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, one love. One love. Thank you.